Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Today's guest is Anthony Cotter, best known for um, being the author of the awesome comic series Sharp Knives, and uh, musician and producer and founder of Acid Brain Productions. Welcome, Anthony. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys? Well, Bad, yourself. Uh, before we get started, is there anything you want to uh, plug before we get started on the beat of the interview? Any, any projects you're working on or partners and well, stuff? Well, as you mentioned, uh, Sharp Knives, that's the big one. Sharp has an E at the end as it's uh, the last name of the knife maker in the comic. He's a master bladesmith and serial killer, and he murders a mob boss's daughter and gets in a whole mess of hot water and everything spirals out of control. It's going to be brutal and gory and hopefully everything that horror people love. So oh, yeah. that's the big one that I would like to plug. Cool. Appropriate. Yes, I, I am definitely a fan of the comic as well. Not biased at all. I'm definitely not uh, visually in it as a character. But um, I mean, that aside, I, just, I am definitely digging the comic so far. It's it's a cool mix. Like it starts off and you're like, I'm not sure if this guy is the protagonist or the antagonist. He's he's doing some really fucked up things. I don't I don't think he's a good guy, but all right, <laughs> this is our main character. And there's lots of blood and entertainment. So, so yeah, I'm good with this. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a lot of good guys in the Sharp Knives universe. Not really. No, it's one of those bad guys for like bad guy versus less bad guy scenario. <laughs> Potentially less. I'm very bad excited guy. for y'all to see how that evolves. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, before we get started, a little information for yourself and the listeners. Here are your trigger warnings. We're going to be talking about horror movies, which could involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, child abuse. There will be F-bombs. If you're not prepared for that, please go take care of yourself and come back. Otherwise, listen to us say things like fuck shit, fuck, cunt, piss, and... Um, Cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> those two. <laughs> he always gets the first half, and I always follow... <laughs> I get the back half. Yeah. You get your checklist, you get all the... All the band works. Well, it's, it works because I can never remember the first ones, but for some reason he does, and he <laughs> falters, and then I get the back half. So yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Team effort. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So in the interview, we'll be covering questions in three sets of uh, three sets of questions, basically covering your childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, basically to try and get to the root of what it is about horror that you enjoy, and possibly what it is about the whole horror aspect that you don't enjoy, like you know. There were things that terrified you as a child or, you know, uh, what kind of movies or, or horror things you were, you were into at that, uh, that phase of your life. So first thing with childhood, I guess, uh, can you think of any, um, main influences horror wise or, or any, um, like it, things in media, like TV books when you were a kid? When I was a kid, uh, my biggest memories of horror as a kid was going to the video store and, you know, seeing like the Freddy and Jason movies on the shelves and just being like, holy crap, you know, yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, too little to watch it yet, but mm-hmm. looking at the covers and just thinking, you know, wow, being just intrigued, you know? And then, uh, as I got a little bit older, started to finally get to see some of these movies and, um, I don't know, it was a mixed bag. Like some of them were kind of a letdown, the ones that I expected, you know, to really bring the most horror to the table and then some unexpected ones turned out to be the creepier ones i thought for me yeah i I might have a unique perspective on the kind of horror that i enjoy (laughs) (laughs) no no i can relate you're right it's like you just like you said you you see that that wall of awesome when you go to the video store when you're a kid and you're just like oh my god all these things i wish my parents would let me watch them and then as you get older you you go back and watch some of these things as adults sometimes you're like that's not a good film (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i was scared of this yeah, exactly <laughs> so did you get to see any as a child or did you not get to see any until you were already into your teens um yeah probably probably into my teens is when i started to actually be able to watch some of those movies okay hmm. so no memories of horror at all as a childhood uh, during childhood except seeing the covers I mean, yeah, if you're talking like, you know, under 13 years old, probably. But after that, I got pretty well into it. <laughs> okay. So if not horror movies, then in general, uh, was there anything that you remember scaring you as a child? 
being buried alive. That concept freaked me out when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think when I was young, I caught a, a glimpse of, God, what was it, uh, The Vanishing? Not the original foreign one. I know I'm, I'm not that cool. It was the uh, the Jeff Bridges one. And yeah, ever since that, same. Like, it just, it's a very visceral fear of being buried alive because, yeah, there are some movies like that shit with Uma Thurman where she one-inch punches her way out of, a, <laughs> out of a coffin. But I'm sorry. No, when there is six foot of earth on top of you and you have wood and just your fingernails to survive, you, you're done. That's game over. Do you remember what introduced you to that fear? Uh, it might have been an Edgar Allan Poe story, maybe. Mm. I couldn't tell you which one, though. Cask of Amontadillo? Amontillado. It very likely could be. My memories of the Poe stuff is, is really faded. I was, I was younger when I read that stuff. I read a lot of Lovecraft in high school, too. Nice. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Did you participate in Halloween as a kid? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did the vampire thing, the ghost thing, the mummy thing, you know, all the stereo. One one year I was this random guy from Star Trek who had half of his face white and half of it black. It was like the most random character ever. <laughs> I remember that guy. Yeah. What was your favorite costume? Oof, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? Well, in my, it wasn't as a kid, but in the grand scheme of life, my favorite Halloween costume I ever made was uh, Towley. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a really fun costume to have, just going around all night like, hey, you want to get hot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I went for a walk around the neighborhood, and I got some laughs. It was great. <laughs> what uh, what phase of life was that? I'll, I'll write it down now. Oh, that was a grown-up. <laughs> I was like 27. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you come across any keypads and have to type in the melody to Funky Town? <laughs> no keypads. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Tally. Any least favorite memory? Uh, any least favorite costumes when you were a kid? Least favorite costumes? I don't know. I felt like every costume, for the most part, kind of felt like a like a disaster. <laughs> 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 I'm, fr- I'm old. I'm yeah. 38, man. It's hard to remember these costumes when I was a kid. <laughs> Just asking in case something popped off the head that, you know, some people couldn't immediately answer that question, you know? Um <laughs> Did you scary have any? Dream? There yeah. you go. Oh, I had scary a, dreams as a kid. I did. I had. Uh, I definitely had a dream about Freddy once. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you a great dream that I had when I was a kid. You're gonna like this one. I had this dream, and uh, all of a sudden, I'm in this big hallway type corridor, and there's like a million signs everywhere pointing to this like one direction, uh, this hallway, and it's like, "Don't go here! Don't go here! Like, stay away!" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And of course, mm-hmm. I'm in the dream, you and it's all there. dark and creepy. Yeah. So I start walking down there. And I walked in, into this room, and next next thing I know, I get gutted by some serial killer. I, I don't even see him. It's just like a shadow, and his knife goes into my stomach and cuts right up to my chest. And then I just kind of slink back into a closet door. And I'm, like, in the closet door, gutted, like, blood's dripping out everywhere. And I look, and there's this woman next to me, and she's been gutted, too. And we're just like, shit, you know? <laughs> well, this is fucked. <laughs> we just got killed. <laughs> How old were you? Uh... I couldn't say. I was on the younger side, but definitely stuck with me, though. I can imagine so. Yeah. Rather visceral, visceral dream there. I had one other dream as well where I uh, I was in a fight with some guy. I ended up knocking him on the ground, and I picked up this big old rock, and I just, like, crushed his head with it. <laughs> that was another <laughs> crazy dream I had. You mentioned Freddy uh, in a nightmare. Did that come later, or...? Also that was childhood. probably earlier, but it, my memory of it's also not as good. I feel like he was just chasing me around with a glove, and I was trying <laughs> to run away. <laughs> um, was there ever a time that you were actually terrified of something in real life? Let's see, real life. Um, well, when I was eight, these uh, two kids lived down the street from me that I kind of played with sometimes. They were older. They were 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. One time, uh, they like locked me in their house, and they like, wouldn't let me leave and they locked me out on the second floor balcony for a while and they like pulled out a knife on me and all this crazy shit and I was like that kind of freaked me the hell out I, I caught an opportunity and I pushed one of them off kicked the other one and ran out the door and ran home but that was a freaky experience when you say kicked the kicked one off do you mean off the balcony uh no <laughs> that would be pretty cool but no one I was, of them was say. like one of them was holding me and the other one was walking at me with like a knife and I like elbowed the one that was holding me in the stomach and I like 
kicked the other one and just took off. That was my chance to get out of there. <laughs> right. Jesus. I don't think he was going to do anything with the knife, but it was, I was eight, you know, and this 13-year-old's coming at me with a big knife. It's crazy looking in his face. Kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll freak an eight-year-old out. It's, that's perfectly normal. I mean, it's like, yeah, locking somebody out on a balcony. Ha-ha, it's all fun and games. But you pull out a knife, there's that, 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 that kid probably mutilated some animals. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could de- definitely take this call in a different direction. Yeah. Did you have anybody in your childhood, uh, you know, friends or family who was into horror? Any like-minded um, friends in the horror genre? I had a, a friend of mine that lived down the end of the street. He liked horror, and uh, he was probably the first person in my life who I kind of bonded over with horror. I remember watching, um, I think I watched Ghost in the Machine at his house. I remember we went to the movies and we saw Event Horizon when it came out. And oh, to you this day, I theaters? still... Yeah, to, to this day, I still consider that to be, like, one of the most genuinely scary films ever made. <laughs> and there's not many films I say that about. <laughs> How old were you when you saw that? Well, I, I saw it at the movies, so I could look up the, the year. I could go grab the DVD and look at the date <laughs> that it came out. 1997. Ah, there you go. So, yeah, I got Google. Seven. So I was 15? Man, okay. I thought I was younger than that when that came out. I was definitely, that must have come out before 97, right? Google says uh, 97. Someone with Sam Neill with the, uh, you know, the haunted spaceship and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, we put that down as uh, in the teenage years. I was just asking because you'd mentioned the friend at the end of the street and Ghost in the Machine. I didn't know where that falled into childhood or or teenage years. All that time is a blur for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, right. I know the feeling. I moved around so much when I was a kid that I don't even think so much about the years. I just, I have my memories. And then I, the first thought to myself is, okay, where was I living at the time? And then I can trace it back from there. Uh. All right. Um, so in your case, at least then, uh, childhood didn't particularly make you happy. And as a child, it was sort of just null. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it sounds, uh, ambivalent. Yeah, I didn't, uh, childhood, I just, uh, I don't know, I feel like I was really sheltered. I wasn't able to really get into the stuff I wanted to get into until I got a little bit older. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So moving to your teenage years then. Um, So I've got Ghost in the Machine, Event Horizon. Anything else that really jumped out at you as being impacting you in the horror genre teenage years? Trying to uh, piece together my timelines of when things came out here. I remember um, it was a little after teenage years, but when I saw the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, that was a film that really stood out for me and was a game changer as far as horror goes. Okay. I thought that was a genuinely creepy, creepy film. And um, for me, the scariest horror has always been the stuff that's not supernatural, like the stuff that can really happen in the real world. That's what always grabbed me as being the scariest stuff yeah or sometimes the stuff that just barely borders on supernatural you know yeah like like a real life base with a little bit of a supernatural tint to it but yeah like event horizon is a great example of that you know they're in the future and they're in this spacecraft and the thing disappears to this other dimension and the fact is that who we don't know what the possibilities are in the universe you know they're Mm -hmm. we don't know it's it's not outside the realm of possibility and to me that makes it all the more scary you know I think that was kind of a theme in the 90s, it seems, with horror movies. Like, they would take things that were supernatural and out of this world and then give them a real-world twist. Like, the whole Event Horizon thing was it was a ship that went to hell, which is paranormal and supernatural, but they're like, oh, no, but hell is just another dimension. Kind of like how uh, how Doom did it. Like, it gives it that real-world possibility of, it's another dimension. There you go. That's how it could actually happen. Yeah, Same thing yeah. with Hellraiser. Yeah. All you need is one of them boxes. <laughs> So, anything else jump out at you as really uh, stand out in your teenage years? Um, let's see. Uh, another movie, I'm not sure when it came out. Another one that I thought was a genuinely scary film was Session 9. You guys familiar oh, with that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never stayed that is, hospital. That is That's one another of the best slow burns ever. It just borders on that supernatural, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost believable still, even when you get to that very last line in the movie that I thought was just awesome when it, you hear the 
the alternate voice talking through the schizophrenic person that says, I live in the weak and the wounded, Doc. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was gave me chills, you know? Mm. I don't know if you saw it during your teenage years, but just hearing you describe that makes me think of Jacob's Ladder. Oh, I did see that. You know, I'm trying to, I have real hazy memory of it. I remember the guy, he's just unraveling and like shit's just going crazy around him and he's trying to hold it together. But did they remake that film? Uh, they were going to, but God, I hope they didn't. Yeah, I think <laughs> I heard they were going to remake it, but never actually heard about it getting released. Oh no, they did. It came out last year. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember this one being in theaters. I wonder why. So let's go back to the ones that you mentioned that were impacting on you. Uh, Ghost in the Machine, Event Horizon, Texas, Chainsaw, uh, Session 9. What was it about these things that you did like? Some of them being grounded in reality or at least, you know, being almost believable that they could be, you know. Not so much Ghost in the Machine. I just threw that out there as an, an early childhood movie that I saw. But the others were definitely influential films. Okay. Um, so you like that they're grounded in reality. The real life possible fear, I guess you could say. Or real life possible fear. I just feel like once you get into the realm of supernatural, it's it's just anything goes. You can make up whatever you want, you know what I mean? And Mm. I I mean, certainly people have done that effectively, and I respect that, you know, it's a great thing. But to me, to have it be something that could happen in real life just makes it that much more visceral and real and like makes me more interested personally. Well, what I'm thinking is that it's sort of a vague statement and I'd like to try to drill down on exactly what it was that you were either excited by or scared by, you know, saying it could happen in real life. Well, but what, you know, drowning, being stabbed, uh, being hung, you know, what, what was it? What were the individual things that excited you or scared you? Um, as far as supernatural versus not, uh, you could answer it that way or in relation to any of the movies we just mentioned. Well, I just think like like when you have like these unstoppable killers like Jason and Michael Myers who just keep coming back over and over again, no matter what happens, it's just it just makes it harder and harder to to believe and be invested in it being possible. You know what I mean? Or when you have like these ghosts, or like I mean, I know we have a lot of stories of hauntings that are considered to be true to life, and I just have a harder time wrapping my mind around that as being something. I don't know. It's just doesn't seem as real to me. Yeah. No, yeah. It's that much more disconnected from real life. So it's safer, you know, like something like, like Texas chainsaw, you know, based on the real life happenings of Ed Gein, it's something that totally could happen because it's just a family of psychopaths living in a house. It's not a, a ghost or a being from another dimension. It's something Exa- that exactly is based in real life. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, when, when, after I saw that first Texas chainsaw massacre, you look at Leatherface, and he's just this, He's probably more scared of the people he kills, you know, than they are of him. He's just an, a psychopath. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. And all he knows is to chop people up because of his fucked up family. And to me, that's that's some scary shit, you know? Like, yeah. there's people out there that, <laughs> that are like that. Real life monsters that are just developed from, from bad social habits, really. Yep. All right. I mean, that's that's, I think you just said maybe the first thing that that is an answer to the question i just asked and to to give a better clarification on that so where you say real life monsters uh were something that scared you real life threat well no because even threat is too vague so you're saying well there's this threat that's realistic yes but what's the threat do you know what i'm saying bodily harm <laughs> <laughs> i mean I mean, well, that, that, that could be one answer, yes. Because um, there could also be psychological harm. You know, yeah. having some of these things happen to you is not just physically damaging, it's also mentally damaging, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, trying to, can you ask one more time? Uh, maybe I'm trying to figure out what you're asking. <laughs> so in these movies that you're talking about that you were afraid of, things happened that you said I was more afraid of these things because it was realistic. But what were the things that you were afraid of? 
Um, it's not so much the things as the forces doing the things. Like when I'm watching a movie and it's like this, you know, oozy monster coming out of a wall from another dimension, that to me, that is less terrifying than, you know, the thought of some real life killer who's going to be creeping through your window. You know what I mean? There's more disbelief that takes away from the ability to be effectively scary for me. So it, it maybe it's not about any particular act. It's the actor, as you're saying. Um, so whether it's, you know, being stabbed or hung or drowned or strangled or whatever, there, there, it's not any particular act. It's the actor that is scarier to you. Yes, it's the, the malevolent force behind the act. If, if that is something that could really exist, I think it's scarier than if it's some monster that somebody dreamed up. You know what I mean? Like, for example, the new, we have the new It movies, and I think they're great. They're awesomely done. But, like, at the same time, you know, the monster that Pennywise is, is, is very much a fictitious kind of thing. You know, you're never going to see. Yeah, it's fantastical. Like, when was the last time you... Like when when was the last time in the news you heard about a giant Paul Bunyan statue trying to kill a child? Like that's <laughs> a little separated from real life. Yeah, but then with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they, you know, you go wandering out in the the desert, stumble upon some crazy family. That's something that could really be out there. And to mm-hmm. me, that's a scarier thing, you know. But everybody's done. Honestly, I feel like I'm in the minority. I feel like most people seem to prefer supernatural horror. Um. I don't know. I, I think for our experience so far, at least in the interviews, it's been sort of a mix for different reasons. I'd say as far as what I've seen in the industry, it ebbs and flows. You know, there's there's certain waves of certain themes being popular. Like for a while, there was a found footage thing. And then after that, there was a paranormal thing. I'm, I'm seeing real life killers kind of on a rise with, well, with reboots. So that doesn't really count. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. You got like home invasion movies like uh, was it Hush? intruders the strangers a lot of that in the last five to ten years well (laughs) i think also another way of saying this is that you can interpret the same thing many different ways and people do anthony you're now our 10th interview and so far of the nine that we've completed we've only had two two that i would consider duplicates in terms of uh, having people who found the same kinds of thing scary um but a lot of these interviews have referenced a lot of the same movies, but have found different things about them to be scary, if that makes sense. Interesting. Um, so far. I mean, we're only in teenage years. That's true. Uh, and, you know, part of the idea of doing this podcast is to hopefully get, you know, quite a number of people interviewed and, and start to see if we can see some trends. And so we definitely only have, you know, if we have only 10 interviews done, then there's definitely not enough to indicate a trend. But I do think it's interesting that out of the 10, that we only have one duplicate so far. I mean, that that alone is odd to me. But um, People are different. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned this kid at the end of the street. Um, did you have any other friends or family in your teenage years that became sort of like a, a horror crew? Not really. I was uh, very much a loner with the whole horror thing. And uh, kind of in general, I was very much a loner most of my life. <laughs> How can I say this? Did you know you were supposed to be scared of these things or was, did you know that it was meant for as entertainment? Oh yeah, for sure. Which? <laughs> yeah, which one? I know that it's meant as entertainment. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was never like, I never losing sleep over R, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that kind of comes back to the, the same thing with the, the, um, type of genre and the distancing of it like you know it's easy to know that something's entertainment when uh, it's a ball of fur that's a mutant porcupine from space you know (laughs) (laughs) there's certain things that you don't take seriously by default and it's like "Ah, aliens we haven't seen any of those ever so i don't have to be afraid of it it's entertainment right right but he did mention you know for example texas chainsaw and he's talking about how it's grounded in reality so Mm -hmm. now you see i think alien is a phenomenal movie especially for its time. Yeah. I like yeah. aliens as well. And I think, I think just the fact that they're way the hell out there, you know, and this creature they encounter, it's not a whole lot different than some of the insects we have down here. Like that's a film that is just tinges on reality too. And that makes it 
all the more scary. Kind of does, yeah. I mean, the only thing fantastical about it is the alien life form, which we as a society, as of yet, don't haven't seen any proof on. So that that part's fantastical. But you're right, like the the behavior of it, the fact that they're they're out in space and it's just another organism. It's animal like, and that's actually you know what now. This goes back to uh, what you were asking me about before, and I'm just thinking of it now that we're talking about aliens. Is I remember being a kid and my mom watching Aliens and seeing like the thing burst out of the stomach, and that freaked me out when I was a kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Like I said, these memories are so hazy, but uh, sometimes they come back. And <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the point of, of us asking them, you know, in these different phases, because mm-hmm. just yeah. like you say, sometimes some, having the question asked a different way can trigger something that you'd forgotten about. So did you, you continue participating in Halloween as a, as a teen? I'm trying to think when I stopped. I probably stopped doing the whole dress up for Halloween thing once I started uh, working when I was 15. In some of your previous comments, I mean, it sounds to me like, at least in your childhood and teenage years, uh, you were kind of leaning towards just the fact that life is scary. Um, was there any time in your teenage years where you were actually terrified of something? What about like real life events? Like anything terrify you when you were a teen? Real life event. Well, when I was a teenager, I was uh, on my driveway and I was having a wrestling match with my guitar player in my band at the time. And mm-hmm. uh, my bass player's wife started to back her Chevy Blazer down the driveway yeah. and that we were wrestling on. I was literally like laying on the ground and this tie, I look up and I see the tire about to run directly over my lower back. And the tire hit my lower back, oh, and shit. I said, holy shit. And just as the tire hit my lower back, the truck stopped. And I, like, <laughs> scrambled away, and I was just like, I don't, you know, if it drove another foot, I would have been crushed under the thing. So that was, like, probably the scariest thing that happened as a teenager. <laughs> For good reason. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of a trend with that with the teenagers. Like, any uh, terrifying real-life events are usually some kind of, like, uh, near-death experience or, or near uh, grave injury experience. <laughs> yeah. Almost getting run over by a car, you know, things like that. Yeah. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any really scary dreams as a teen? As, as a teen and beyond, I've had a great many apocalypse dreams. I've had dreams mm-hmm. about tsunamis and floods. I've had dreams about war and explosions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really crazy. Like it's it happened many times and it kind of freaks me out. <laughs> Any of your dreams ever come true? Do they? Mm. Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. But yeah, I've like, I've had dreams where I looked out. I used to live right on the water. Like you, my old house, you could jump off my front yard into the ocean. And I used to have dreams there of like, I remember once I looked out and like all the flats, like, you know how before the tsunami hits, like the water, like goes way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had the dream that I saw, like, you know, the water getting pulled way the hell out from the, the flats. And then, like, in the distance, you just saw this monstrous wave just, like, coming in. And it's just like, holy shit, <laughs> we're fucked. That's, uh, that's about the only reaction there. Like, what do you do? Because, I mean, those, those things go several blocks inland. So you're right there on the shore. It's just like, well, I mean, I guess. Depending how big it is, many miles inland. Get on the roof would be the best course of action. Yeah, I've had some wild apocalypse dreams, man. Other than the fact that they're apocalyptic, uh, do you see the common thread with them? They end unresolved. Like, I still, you know, it's not like the end happens and then it, everything's over and then I wake up. It's just like mm. shit's hitting the fan and then the dream ends. <laughs> yeah, like that whole uh, shit's hitting do? the fan and it ends abruptly. Like, you see I the mushroom cloud in the distance. and or yeah, yeah. You, and then it's time just... to go to work and I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> the world just ended. Now I have to go and make eggs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you get to work. Your coworkers like, "Hey, how you doing? Good, good." In this reality, you know, I just saw one where I wasn't so good, but I'm good. <laughs> did uh, did any of these uh, fears in your movies or what real life or uh, any of your experiences cause you to change your behaviors as far as uh, you know triggering fears that you didn't have before or? I don't think so. I've never been like a very fearful person in general, you know, but um, I love the the idea of, you know, the horror genre and horror movies. And I just think there's so much more that can be done with it than is already out there. And I, there's a lot of cool new films coming out 
that are doing that. I think like, like I thought Mandy was a really standout movie. Like it's just this psychedelic head trip of a film that doesn't make any sense, but it's just great just for the atmosphere. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that was one you saw as an adult. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It came out uh, 2019, I think. Uh, what is it that you love about horror? You, I forget your exact wording. You just said a minute ago, something about the idea of horror or something like that. I think it's, um, I don't know. It's, I guess it's just got that taboo vibe about it. You know, it's like, it's the thing that everybody's freaked out by and it's weird and it's different and it's creepy. And I don't know, I'm just drawn into it. Maybe it's just my nature. <laughs> it's a forbidden fruit. Yeah. Action. <laughs> it's fun. It is. It's fun. That's the best way to put it. It's fun. So, okay, moving into adult years then. So you mentioned Mandy. What other um, what other horror-related stuff has really struck you as an adult? Uh, here we go. <laughs> now now we're getting to the good really stuff. Get, now I can really get in there, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm a huge fan of Rob Zombie. He's my favorite horror director. Um, Devil's Rejects is probably my favorite horror film. I just think it's it's fun. It's like it fits with my based in reality thing for the most part that I mentioned yeah. earlier. It's got great characters, great dialogue, there's humor in it. I love when there's mm-hmm. a little bit of humor mixed in. I don't I don't like I feel like a lot of horror feels like they need to not include humor, just I don't know, just as like a thing and I think it's better when it's in there. Uh I really like serial killer movies. Um uh, American Psycho is one of my favorites. The House that Jack Built has become one of my favorites. Uh, I consider Joker to be a horror movie, um, regardless of whatever it's stereotyped as. And I think that's excellent film. Definitely has a dark theme to it. I mean, cinematography and everything overall. So yeah, you can, yeah, you can consider I mean, it a horror uh, movie. Tarantino is my favorite. I know he's not, you know, a horror director, but I feel like his films kind of the amount of violence and just the, it just borders on on horror. Some of it. I mean, he's done some. Didn't was he producer or director on Dust Till Dawn? I know he starred in it, but I know that was a Rod- Robert Rodriguez directed oh, that yeah. film. Yeah, that's right. I think he produced it. That that's a movie I really like. <laughs> I love how it's just you know you get the really straightforward situation, and then halfway through it just goes completely haywire. I think it's fun when movies do things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't think of any examples right now, but I've definitely seen a few like professional and indie horror movies where the best part about it is it's. I mean, it's it's almost a trope, like, you know, kids go camping in the woods and then there's a psycho killer there, but, like, something else, like, like, like someone's going to a tennis match or something normal that's not normal at all, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And, and then, out of nowhere, crazy psycho shit happens. Like, yeah, I like it when stories do that. Yeah, like, I was just, like, I was just so thrown off when all of a sudden <laughs> it started turning into vampires. Exactly. It was, it was fun. It was a fun movie. Cool. Planet Terror was kind of a fun one. Yeah, another Robert Rodriguez flick. Mm-hmm. Trying to look over across the room at my movie collection <laughs> here. You know, it's I think one film that uh, I'm a sucker for serial killer movies mm-hmm. in particular, and uh, it's a movie called Mr. Brooks that I think is great, and nobody ever talks about it. It's got you know, Kevin, that keeps popping up in my feed. Yeah, who, who was in that? Uh, Kevin Costner plays a serial killer, and William Hurt plays his alter ego, like basically his serial killer side, and it's just a great movie. It's clever. Like it's well acted. The story's original. It was supposed to be a trilogy, but it didn't do well enough in the movies for them to, you know, budget the next two, which really bummed me out. But I thought that was a cool one. Oh, you got that chick from CSI in it too. How about that? Yeah, Demi Moore's in it. Mm-hmm. And William Hurt. Yeah, dude. I don't know if you've ever seen a classic that he's in uh, called the uh, Altered States. I have seen bits and pieces. I need to sit down and watch the whole thing. And that movie's about psychedelics, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's about psychedelics plus sensory deprivation chamber experiments. Basically, the guy does ayahuasca in a, in a sensory deprivation tank and uh, opens up some uh, parts of his mind and things. <laughs> and, and things happen. He may or may not kill a goat. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to give that movie a, a watch because I'm a, anything to do with psychedelics I'm interested in. Any particular reason you're into psychedelics? I mean, I've had some, a lot of experience with them and some transformative experiences, and I just think they're the most fascinating thing under the sun. <laughs> so anytime they're incorporated in a movie, I, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I can kind of understand. You know, as you say, the uh, 
or Chris said, you know, it can open up some doors that, and you never really know what's going to be opened up. Uh, and like you mentioned with the dusk till dawn and mm-hmm. some of the other things that we've talked about, you know, having the things go off the rails into the left field unexpectedly, you know, well, anytime you, know, you have a movie that, that involves psychedelics, it's going to kind of be like that because you never know where they're going to take it. Yeah. Also like with, with movies with psychedelics in them, they kind of blur that line of what's based in reality and what has that realistic fear and what is paranormal and otherworldly and has that otherworldly fear. Whereas, you know, when you're on psychedelics, it kind of blurs the lines between the two. So things that are paranormal can become real life and vice versa. Exactly. I try to incorporate some of that into the writing in uh, Sharp Knives, which mm-hmm. uh, I won't give too many spoilers about it, but I mean, you saw a little bit in issue two and you'll see more. <laughs> Is there a character that partakes in psychedelics? Uh, there is an issue too. We introduced this uh, hippie character. He's basically um, just this side character that uh, our main character buys his weed from. And uh, there's one scene and he mentions, he, he busts his balls. He's like, oh, like that time you freaked out on those mushrooms I gave you. And it's like a little scene and we see our main character and he's like just in mental torment. Like he's just experiencing all the crazy shit that he's done and he's having things happen to him. and. He's just in a real shitty place because he's decided to try these out and he's probably never going to try them out again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I recall correctly, the, uh, the page there was like basically like a, a psychedelic collage of terrible things and graphic violence happening. It was just Martin did a really good job with that one. Martin is the man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for Jeff Sharp, maybe not a bad trip. Maybe, maybe that was entertaining for him. Uh, no, that was, that freaked him the fuck out. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, so he does have a bit of a normal personality under all of it, I guess. Uh, he is, he, he is human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is, uh, he is susceptible to, um, you know, I think once you ingest psychedelics, you know, you're vulnerable and any human, no matter how crazy or badass is going to be vulnerable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially somebody who's done so many horrible things yeah you're gonna reap what you sow when you when you go there so sort of two things that uh you know common threads that i've heard so far is if i were to summarize life itself is scary and and you like them when things go off the rails any particular and it sounds to me basically you're you're summarizing of those things is it's fun is there something in particular in specific that you think is fun about when things go off the rails? I mean, it, I think it's just the contrast to life uh, barring these last few weeks, you know, <laughs> like mm. in life, you know, you have your routine and crazy shit doesn't really happen. So we watch these movies just to, to see the other side and to see like what people are thinking about and to get an idea of that darker side of things and be prepared for it. If we ever should run into it, you know, Mm-hmm. Or would you say it's like the, the sheer spontaneity of when things go off the rails? Like, it's entertaining in the fact that it's unpredictable, basically. I mean, to me, unpredictable is entertaining. Like, when I watch a, a horror film, and I see so many horror films, and I'm like, oh, this is so formulaic. It's, it's killing mm-hmm. me, you know what I mean? Like, I watched, uh, I don't know, I, a lot of people I've heard have liked this film. Some people have said it's not good. But I watched uh, Girl on the Third Floor, mm-hmm. and I thought it, I thought it was entertaining. And, you know, yeah. it was, but at the end of it, it was, you know, I felt it was very formulaic. I, multiple times in the movie, I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. And then sure enough, it happens on cue. Yeah. I'd rather see something that's like surprising me at every turn. Like, whoa, you know, you know, Breaking Bad is one of my favorite things ever. And I think that almost is dark enough to be considered somewhat horror once you get into the depths of it. And that's a show that the writing, it's, they're just keeping you guessing all the time. They're surprising you all the time. Like, there's holy shit moments in every episode. And, like, these decisions these people have to make with these choices they're faced with. And that that's the kind of writing that I want to see more of in, in horror. You know, I was just thinking that, like, uh, yeah, that's, that's something that you can do more with episodal things like like series instead of movies where you can... The One of the draws of Breaking Bad is that it keeps you guessing every episode, like doesn't matter what happens in the miniature story of this episode something by the end of this episode is gonna just flip your head upside down like, what what the fuck just happened and i was trying to think of um any horror series like that and i think 
A good one, if you haven't uh, seen it on Shudder, is um, Channel Zero. It's similar to like American Horror Story in the fact that it has um, different themes each season, different characters, and yeah, some of them are interesting, some of them less interesting. But it's definitely one of those like like episodal things. Like every time you're at the end of an episode, uh, it, de- it definitely del- delivers with that punch of I did not see that coming. I'll have to add that one to my list. Yeah, well, you got some time to watch things, you know. I actually watched the first Sorry. episode of Haunting of Hill House last night. I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah. with that. Haven't seen it. I've heard good things. Uh, also heard bad things. I don't know. <laughs> I've heard mostly good things, and I finally decided to check out the first episode. And I was kind of like, I was into it, I was into it. And then the very end of it, it kind of got me. I was like, okay, I definitely want to watch the next episode of this. I won't spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. But uh, after the first one, I am intrigued to see what happens next. Okay. So as an adult, do you have sort of a, a horror crew now, uh, friends or family that you share your love of horror with? Well, uh, since I've been doing these horror cons and I've been meeting a lot of people online, like Chris, for example, which has been really cool, you know, meeting some people on the internet, which I've never, it's took me out of my comfort zone to kind of go out and meet people on the internet. It was never something that I was comfortable doing, but it's turned out to be a rewarding thing. You know, I met some amazing people. Chris is awesome. Uh, but I met Martin on the online and he's been just like teamed up with me on this comic, which has been amazing. I've been trying to get my wife into horror. She has, she has anxiety. So sometimes she has a hard time, but uh, she's been doing a lot of SFA, SFX makeup because she's a makeup artist anyways. So we do the cons. She'll like, you know, have an X carved into my head or like a bullet hole in somebody. And st- that's mm-hmm. been fun. Yeah. She did a Chelsea grin makeup and, I have a friend who's really into horror who lives out of state, but we, uh, you know, shoot the shit about like movies and stuff on the phone. And I'm just starting to to meet people on the scene at these conventions, but now it's all on hold, <laughs> which is yeah. bumming me out. All right, so there's some social aspect. You got something positive going on there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, by the way. That's the uh, same exact thing right back at you. Awesome meeting you, running into you and Martin, all the other people I've done. It's a, it's a lot of the same here, like. uh the horror crew nowadays is mostly virtual, but uh, yeah. And while we're on this topic, uh, there's—I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Slasher app, but it's pretty cool. It's started by this guy Damon, and uh, it's all you know horror community app. It's, it's pretty neat. Needs no. it's still kind of buggy, but uh, he seems to be like getting more people on it by the day. So it might be something you and maybe the listeners want to check out. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna check that one out. It's just called Slasher. Uh, yep, it's in the App Store. It's called Slasher. It's free, and it's kind of like a Facebook or an Instagram for the horror community. It's really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's uncensored, which is cool, too. Like, you can post nice. boobs up there. <laughs> I like boobs. I was able to premiere my one of my variants for the last issue of Sharp Knives uncensored up there, which was a neat thing to be able to do. Awesome. So you mentioned that you got back into Halloween as an adult. Any, uh, a little any bit. good stories there? Yeah. Uh, well, I have a five-year-old, and she, I've got, she's very into Halloween. <laughs> mm, nice. Um, as far as me as an adult, I don't know. I've always just been kind of too busy, stuck working, with the exception of the year that I did the Towley thing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, when I did Towley, I was security guard for this uh, CD release show, so that was kind of a trip. I was, like, checking people in. <laughs> <selling tickets. laughs> Hold on, and then I, there was people Jabin fighting Chow. outside, and I'm like, shit, do I have to take this thing off? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 leave it on. But they were outside, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to deal with it. <laughs> it's just, I'm laughing, thinking to myself, as a guest, do I take that security guard, you know, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> like, how how oh, tight God. is the security here? <laughs> no, no, no. If I went to a place and Tally was a security guard, I, I would still give him the benefit of the doubt. I would still think to myself, like, this could be a like a switcheroo ploy. Like, like underneath that Tally costume, you're like three fifty and and six foot tall, and you could well, easily that's the funny thing. Is, could you imagine? Could you imagine the video of a, of some patron <laughs> getting their ass beat by Tally? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you should have come here. It's funny because I do actually have a black belt in karate, but I can't imagine <laughs> putting it to use wearing that tally costume. Yes, <laughs> that would be fucking great. It was literally made from a, a poster tube 
and two towels and like the poster tube was attached to a, the top of a baseball cap on my head. <laughs> so it was a really awkward thing to wear. I think you should resurrect that costume and post a an instructional uh, karate video, even not even related to Halloween. Just, <laughs> just that's a great idea. Do a full kata in towelly costume. Be very serious about it too, like the whole time. Yes. Like don't break character at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into making that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Any least favorite costumes that you've uh, had to deal with? Let's see. The the tally costume in a way was probably maybe my least favorite at the same time because it was so damn uncomfortable to wear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Chris knows about that. I can relate. Made a giant suit of armor out of uh, EVA foam and cooked in the Atlanta sun. Damn. So you like Guar? <laughs> kind of, yeah. I got Guar a lot. I was a Warhammer character from uh, the Chaos faction, Typhus, and it was just a giant suit of space marine, e- evil space marine armor, but it was like maybe 80 pounds altogether, and yeah, mostly oh, foam. Yeah. But I did get Guar a lot. I got Guar, uh, Big Daddy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, because he was green. What? But, uh, okay. Hey, yeah, the shell thing on the back, kind of. I don't know. It was a kid. It was the kid was like six. Oh well, <laughs> all right, fine. But yeah, I was. I had a similar uh, answer to that question, which was that was my favorite costume because the costume itself was awesome, and also least favorite costume because I took it into uh, the Dragon Con parade once and almost died of heat stroke. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. My asshole friend DJ is like, yeah, it's, it's one more block. You said that three more blocks or th- three three blocks ago. I didn't finish the parade. I ultimately just uh, had to sit out. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> Better alive than sorry. Yeah. It's funny. Really, my main concern wasn't my help. It was just, oh, man, I don't want to pass out in the middle of this parade and fuck the parade up for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but then you could have been carried as a hero through the rest of the parade. Yeah. No. no they would probably get ambulances and paramedics involved and the parade would have been ruined. So. I'm glad I, I didn't ruin the parade, and I'm glad I didn't. You know, die. I'm just picturing now an entire parade like walking around you as you struggle to get back up. <laughs> right, <laughs> Roll, rolling this way, rolling that way, kicking your feet, like the kid in the Christmas no. story. I've fallen <laughs> and I can't get up. Go back, go back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fun interesting side story regarding that movie um scott farkas the uh the bully yeah from, yeah. from the christmas story. <laughs> yeah out of nowhere he fucking followed me on twitter one day on my pieces page i was like holy shit that that's scott <laughs> farkas <laughs> and then i realized how many horror movies i'd actually seen him in i think he was in jason versus freddy and uh, a couple of others too hmm. oh is he in horror movies too <laughs> yep he looks he looks the part i guess yeah yeah um, has there been a time when you were actually terrified of something as an adult? There you go. Back on track. Uh, I mean, I feel like what's going on right now is probably the scariest shit that I've encountered. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I have, my mom lives next door. She's high risk with this whole thing. Like my wife's got anxiety. I got a, I got a kid and just this whole virus thing is probably the scariest thing in adulthood. I think. <laughs> yeah. This, this definitely hitting close to home. I fucking went and, did laundry at my apartment complex the other night and, and wore like gloves and mask and everything. Yeah. May you live in interesting times, eh? It's a trip. Mm-hmm. And going to the supermarket is now the scariest uh, part of life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, second scariest. I think Walmart would be scarier. Yeah, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, that's, not, that's just not even on the table, right? No, no, no. Not on the table. At least at Publix, they're wiping down the uh, the carts for you. Mm-hmm. Which is good, because I can't find any fucking gloves. I've gone to the store probably three times in the last two months, and couldn't find gloves, sanitizer, or masks. Um, Mm. I managed to get two masks from somebody else that I had to uh, talk to about a week ago. But I still don't have gloves or hand sanitizer. Can't find any. Um, yeah, san- I mean, gloves I and masks they do have on Amazon, but uh, sanitizer and the other stuff, uh, it's not much luck. Yeah, yeah that's definitely um, a, a real life fear going on for all adults right now, adults and children. Yeah. 
so almost ironically, uh, the next question would be, so have these fears uh, caused you to change your behavior in any way? <laughs> That's a big uh, for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't leave the house without a mask and gloves nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Following the guidelines, you know, it's just doing what everybody else. Well, I can't say everybody else. Cause I went to the supermarket yeah. yesterday and they had the, you know, the aisles with like supposed to be the arrows one way each aisle and just nobody gets it. Everybody's fucking airhead and like they're throwing their gloves on the ground in the parking lot and they're like just not listening and not it's it makes me just wonder like this fucking humanity like do we fucking deserve this shit because we're really fucking shit up. You know what I mean? Like yes. people people are not no. listening. They're stupid. <laughs> well, as George Carlin once said, think about the average you know person with average intelligence and then realize 50% of the world is stupider than that um because that's that's the world that's the definition of the word average you yeah know? middle ground and yeah. everything below that is not middle ground right and the older mm. i get the older i get the the more i realize how much lower that average is than what i <laughs> used to think it was you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah dude like I fucking made uh, I, I made a meme about it the other day because I just came to this realization with the whole toilet paper thing. There's a picture of an empty aisle with no toilet paper in it, and it says, "How old were you when you realized that the comical satire of people being panicky and stupid you've seen on TV shows and movies your whole life was actually not satire, but real fucking people?" And the bottom is this old. I I was this old. People are actually that dumb. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Real life horror, right there. Yeah, yeah, right. Stupid people abound. Yeah, it's not going to be the zombie plague that uh, that gets us. It's going to be the stupid plague. Well, particularly people in large numbers. Yeah. For some reason, even in you know when they're relatively intelligent, there's something about the dynamics of a mob that you know. I like that quote from. Uh, I like that quote Tommy Lee says in Men in Black. He's like, "A, mm-hmm. a person is smart. People are dumb." <laughs> yeah. There's more, but I can't remember it all. Dumb, panicky animals, something like yeah, that. But yeah, that yeah, effect, so yeah. Uh, going back to movies. On that note, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the next question, uh, looking back over your entire life, not just talking about horror and not just talking about your favorite, what movie do you think you've watched more times than any other? Horror movie or just movie in general? Just I movie you in can general. answer it both ways if you want. Oh, yeah. But one of each, maybe. I've probably watched The Burbs more than any other movie. It's Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, Rick mm-hmm. DeComan, Carrie Fisher. I remember Corey Tom Feldman. Hanks being in it. Yeah. Yeah. In the family, the Klopex, they move in next door and they're mad sketchy and uh, everyone thinks they're killing people. And they, you know, the neighbors all team, team up and investigate and it's, it's hysterical. Like, it's, yeah. It's I don't think I've ever seen this one. Holy shit. Is that Biff from Back to the Future? Biff? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I'm not sure. There's, <laughs> there's a character that may be him, but I don't know. It's you should definitely check that movie out though if you haven't yeah. seen it. It's my I know it's a classic. I just, favorite uh, comedy, like <laughs> it's so is, good. Is the actress actually six six six? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's going on the watch list. I'm a person who will rewatch the same movies over and over more than I'll watch new movies that I haven't seen. Like I've probably seen a lot of the Tarantino movies, like about 50 times. Like I've probably watched Django Unchained and the hateful eight and kill bill. Like so many times. Uh, it's a safe go-to. So what kind of common threads do you see in the kinds of horror you like? I mean, you did mention, uh, you know, realism, but are, is there any other kind of common thread like cannibalism, occult, metaphysical? I'd say serial killer would be a good one. Like I'm always intrigued at an introspective look at a serial killer. I think that's a fascinating thing to explore. Basically, things that you know, I always say that uh, for me, the most important thing in a movie or a story in general is characters. Like, I want to see good characters. If there's a bunch of characters that I don't care about and I can't emotionally invest in or mentally invest in, then I'm not going to be interested in the story that goes around them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if I've got a a character who I want to see what this person's going to do, I want to see how they think, that's you know they make me laugh they're interesting like that's what's going to draw me into a story yeah it's like the difference in between when you're watching a story as an observer or 
you kind of identify with and almost assume the uh, the character of the protagonist. Like if you can identify with them, then you get into it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, but that kind of leads into the next question, which is, you know, why horror? Because if, for example, if all you cared about is good characters, well, there's good character writing in every genre. I mean, there's bad too, but there's also good. So, yeah. you know, but trying to drill in on why it is that you enjoy horror specifically, um, any idea why that might be? I mean, I think this goes back to just that uh, I'm of that type of person who's drawn to that. You know, I'm drawn to those darker taboo things that are like, the, you know, the forbidden fruit aspect of, you know, like what's behind the curtain. You know, I want the dark stuff that everybody's scared of. It, it brings curiosity, too. And I'm of the mentality that I want to I want to know about it. You know, I want to see what's going on in the dark recesses of people's minds. You know, mm. I'm interested. It's exciting to you yeah 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 like with the character thing like I, when you have these movies a lot of horror movies you'll see just kind of a bunch of mindless teenagers and they do stupid things and they're just dumb in general and like to me i, I have trouble investing in those kind of characters rather than if there's some characters who actually have a little more depth to them that's i guess what well, I was, where i was going so maybe there's a good maybe there's a good question so you're curious but you just basically said, so I'm curious, but I'm also looking for something interesting because, and then you gave an example of something you didn't find interesting. So give us an example of something you do find interesting. Uh, all right. Let me, let me try to think of a couple of films here. Like Mr. Brooks, for example, or American Psycho, you get this introspective look at these serial killers and it's like, you get to see him in his, and how he thinks in his psychopathy and his like being a sociopath. And you get to really see like what it's like to, to be someone like that and how they think and how they make their decisions and how they live their day to day and what makes them do the terrible things they do. I just think that's an interesting thing. Would you say that's a common thread to the other, you know, I almost said common thread to the common thread. Um, you know, you mentioned your common thread being serial killers and that you like that they're realistic. Would you say that's also another thing you like about them is wondering, you know, how these people think and digging into that? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Like I thought in uh, Mr. Brooks, when they, they have the William Hurt as, you know, his uh, alter ego, who's really the, the real killer there. He's, you know, it's a, an internal struggle and just that kind of depth of character where you have this intelligent main character and he's, he's schizophrenic. He has this other personality and they're interacting and you just have this whole world of like just mental back and forth going on just in this one character. And that, that's a deep character right there. That's something that interests me rather than, you know, some brainless teenager who wanders into the, the haunted house and gets killed. So let's step outside of horror for a minute there. Uh, does, ah, crap. And I, I had the phrase on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. Psychological something. Um, poopery. Yeah. Psychological poopery. Yes. <laughs> um, shit. I lost it. Psychological shit can also be something. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, basically the psychological aspect of it. I was going to say stepping outside of horror. Is that something that you also see as uh, a defining element of the other kinds of media you like as well? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um, like it's outside of horror. I'm huge Tarantino fan, huge Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul fan. Like I think, and I think those shows and movies are for the same reasons. You know, we got these incredible characters everywhere. Like, Every character is interesting. Every character has great depth and decisions they have to make and situations that they find themselves in that they have to make, you know, they have to figure out what they're going to do. And yeah. I try to do that with the comic that I'm writing too, with Sharp Knives. Like I, I'm trying to give you an introspective look at this serial killer, Jeffrey Sharp and his day-to-day -day life and how he thinks and what his MO is and like what his quirks are. And then like, I want to just take it up even further by bringing in another character he's going to be kind of facing off against who's just this totally other end of the spectrum, horrible type of person. And like, 
what his quirks are and like I, I want them both to be faced throughout this thing with decisions and like choices they have to make as to how they're going to proceed that is just going to make for a crazy interesting story <laughs> yeah you definitely got some solid uh, character development in the comic so far like what was it one of the um one of the makia guys i i remember one of the funnier parts i read was where he i think he like yelled at somebody and made him flinch or something oh yeah yeah where he, he he's got the valet at the club who saw some things that he needs to know about and he basically he gets his rocks off intimidating the shit out of this poor guy you know what i mean and <laughs> Like just seeing those little personality traits of these fucked up people, like that's for me, that's entertainment, you know. Yeah, that's what developing I rich see. characters just makes the story that much better. <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting to hear this because you know that's sort of been like a thing for me my entire life is trying to understand why people do the things they do. Um, that's not actually one of the things that draws me to horror. There's something else that draws me to horror, but. Uh, I would say that trying to understand why people do the things they do is, is, has been something that I have, I don't want to say struggled with, but has been a fascination for me my entire life, going all the way back to childhood. I remember walking into a room where my parents were arguing to ask them a question. Uh, it was an in- innocent question. I don't even remember what the question was, but I just remember going, being naive and thinking, oh, well, you know, they're fighting, but I'll go in and I'll ask this question and having one of them. I think my stepmother turned to me and yell at me and mm. and walking out of the room feeling like, well, that wasn't fucking cool. Like, why did she yell at me? Her, their argument, her argument was with my dad, you know, it was completely un, I don't want to say unfair, but I, I could just tell it was wrong for her to take her anger out on me. And yeah. so there's always been this part of me that has, I don't know. It, I don't want to say was curious why she did the thing, did what she did. I don't really care about her as a person, but you know, that's just an example of it. It's interesting to me how people do things that on the surface or on paper may or may not seem logical. Um, but they do, they do things that looking back might seem odd, but you know, I'm sure to her it made perfect sense at the moment. Were your majors in college split between anthropology and sociology, Steve? Nope. Computer networking. (laughs) Uh, Although, I mean, mean, if I had an unlimited budget and unlimited uh, amount of life, I'm sure I would enjoy Mm -hmm. uh, both of those topics. You you said you have something that drives you to horror. Can we hear what that is? Uh, Sure. Listen to my interview. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the first two interviews that Chris and I did uh, were interviewing each other. Um, and I, we've discussed whether or not we should make those official episodes or restrict them to Patreon subscribers. Because um, they kind of suck. I don't think they suck. No, not really. <laughs> no, no, they, they, they were good. Um, uh, that'd bring us up to 12, I think. Yes, including this one. Yeah. So I think for you, if I were to sum up this call, then, I mean, you mentioned the taboo and the curiosity, but it sounds like, you know, we may have refined that going back to the psychological part of it, that you, there's not just a curiosity about crossing the line, but, you know, understanding what the characters are, are thinking, like you mentioned their MO, their decisions, their choices. So there's some psychological, interest drama i don't know what the word is i i had it on the tip of my tongue and i was about to write it down and something happened and it slipped uh maybe i'll think of it later and add it we're we'll, we have a, a list of we're keeping track of the responses so i'll probably come up with a better word and write it in that list later it'll come to you later <laughs> probably while you're pooping yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'd say we got to uh the root of all the things and this is pretty solid interview as usual. Anthony, thank you for being here today. It was a pleasure uh, getting to the nitty gritty of what it is about horror that you like and dislike. And uh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Thank you. And please do come again and visit us again at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. We have a schedule posted there for who we're going to be interviewing next. We're making a lot of progress currently due to the fact that most people are, you know, indoors. Uh, but. If you do see that uh, list on the website and you know anybody on, on the list and uh, can possibly point us in the, gen- in the general direction, please do drop us a line. Otherwise, just stop by the site to let us know how we're doing or it makes us happy. 
Facebook.com.